Hey, this is Frugal Stew with Bitcoin Fi, the cross section between financial independence and crypto. And today I wanted to cast a pod about the properties of money. A friend of mine recently sent me a book, and it's called The Bullish Case for Bitcoin by Vijay Boyapati. And I'm not very far into this book, but it's been a pretty good read so far. Now, chapter two, I'm going to give you a high level overview, but it basically talks about all these different properties of a good monetary system. Okay. I'm going to lay out these eight properties. It's durable, portable, fungible, verifiable, divisible, scarce, established history, and resistance to censorship. And I'll quickly go through all of these. This probably sounds pretty boring but we're gonna just talk about it. It's pretty simple, so I'm gonna keep this short. Good money would be durable, like the goods cannot be perishable or easily destroyed. So back in the caveman days, wheat is not a good store of value, right? Uh, as far as portability, you gotta be able to move it around, you gotta be able to secure it against loss and theft, but also you have to allow for long distance trade ideally so a cow is not as good of a currency as a gold bracelet it also has to be fungible or interchangeable with another piece of money of equal quantity so gold is better than diamonds because diamonds are different qualities of you know carrot clarity shape quality but a, one piece of gold is indistinguishable from another piece of gold an ounce of gold is an ounce of gold. Alright, so let's keep going with this. Verifiable. It has to be quickly identifiable and able to be verified as authentic. The easier you can verify or identify money, the easier it is to trade with it. It also has to be divisible. You have to be able to subdivide it. This is more and more important today you know, down to dollars and cents. So even cash, sometimes you have this problem when you're trying to break a 20, but someone needs a 10. You can't just rip a 20 in half and have a 10. It doesn't work that way. All right, you have to have some level of scarcity. A monetary good must have an unforgeable costliness. That's a quote from Nick Sabo. The good must not be abundant or easy to either obtain or produce in quantity. <laughs> so scarcity is an important attribute of money because if it's so abundant, that's when you get hyperinflation and that's when there's just too much money in the system and that's kind of what's going on right now with all the money printing and that's why Bitcoin is a good hedge against inflation in theory alright the established history of money the longer a type of money has been around the greater its appeal as a store of value so a long established store of value is going to be harder to be replaced by something new except by force or a significant advantage. And then finally, there's censorship resistance, and I'll touch on that in a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to link to a companion article that has a picture of the grades of all the different types of money. Bitcoin gold versus fiat currency, or like the U.S. dollar is a fiat currency, meaning it's not backed by anything but by the trust of people and the government. We'll just go by category winners, kind of, but gold wins the durability portion because it's pretty much indestructible. You know, you can't 
destroy matter. Bitcoin gets second in this section and fiat gets third. Now when it comes to thinking about the durability, with a fiat currency it's it's not just like how durable is the paper, it's how durable is the institution that issues that currency. In the case of fiat currencies, lots of governance are now defunct. There are lots of old paper currencies that have no value because the institution that issued them is no longer around. So as long as the U.S. is around, there's some durability to the dollar. So you have to think about it in those terms of the issuing institution. Bitcoin being as new as it is, it's hard to draw strong conclusions about its durability, but there are encouraging signs that despite tons of countries trying to regulate Bitcoin and years of attacks by hackers, it's continued to function, displaying a lot of anti-fragility. Okay, portability. Bitcoin wins this because you can carry it around on a hardware wallet. You can carry it around very, very easily and transfer it very easily. If I wanted to pay for a car in gold, it's not very easy to put a block of gold in your pocket and to move a lot of it. It's very, very tough to do. What if I wanted to move a million dollars of gold or a hundred million like a government wanted to move it? They would have to secure that. They would have to get security guards and one of those bank trucks or something. Basically, it's not very easy to move a whole bunch of gold, but it's very easy to move a whole bunch of Bitcoin. Okay, the fungibility. Gold is indistinguishable, like one ounce of gold melted down is indistinguishable from another ounce of gold. So fiat currency is only as fungible as the issuing institutions allow them to be, so this can be tough with like cross-currency situations. Um, Bitcoins are pretty fungible at the network level, but there is some traceability on the blockchain and some Bitcoins are actually tainted by use in illegal activities and some businesses might not want to accept tainted Bitcoins. Although there is a upgrade coming to the Bitcoin network in December, it's called the Taproot upgrade, which is going to improve this. It's a little bit controversial, but it does make the blockchain a little bit more anonymous, a little bit more, um, well, it just makes it harder to track, I think, these tainted Bitcoins making the fungibility better. Okay, verifiability. This is a pretty important one. Bitcoin wins this category because it can be verified on the blockchain. It's very, very transparent. But gold, there have been instances of false gold, different ways of doing it, either with alloys of gold or tungsten wrapped in gold or things of that nature. As far as fiat currency, can you tell apart a real 20 versus a counterfeit 20? Maybe, maybe not. So it's a lot easier with Bitcoin because it's all on the network and it's all transparent. It's a little bit harder with paper money and it's a little bit harder with gold to verify it and easily identify it. Okay, the divisibility, Bitcoin can be divided down to a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin and transmitted at tiny amounts, but network fees can make that uneconomical. Fiat currencies are typically divisible down to pocket change, but I have mentioned earlier how sometimes you have a hard time breaking a 20 or a 10 and making change. 
Uh, gold is also physically divisible, but it becomes very difficult to use when divided into small quantities for lower day-to-day -day value. So anyway, Bitcoin wins the divisibility contest over gold and fiat. Scarcity, Bitcoin wins because it is programmed. Gold takes second because we know that there is a certain amount of it in the world. I mean, you could find a mine that is chock full of it tomorrow. You just don't really know the true scarcity of gold. And then dollars, 40% of all the dollars in circulation were made in the last year. So fiat currency gets a F in this category. As far as the established history goes, gold has millennia of track record as a store of value. But Bitcoin is kind of catching up. Fiat is a relatively new anomaly. It doesn't have a huge track record because most money used to be backed by gold. So Bitcoin is getting there. But as, as soon as Bitcoin has kind of been there for like 20, 30 years, it just becomes ingrained in the mind of people. It will be perceived as a permanent feature of the world. Just like for us now, the internet and smartphones are a permanent feature of the world. We just think that they will always be there, and therefore the established history is not a huge thing, although gold wins this category, followed by fiat and then Bitcoin. Okay, censorship resistance is the final category. As I turn the page here to figure this out, Bitcoin wins this category over gold and then fiat. One of the most significant sources of early demand for Bitcoin was for illicit drug trade, but actually you can see wallets. It is anonymized, but the historical record of transactions later allows for forensic analysis to identify the source of a flow of funds. Okay, so this, this is actually kind of interesting. So when Bitcoins are transmitted on the Bitcoin network, there's no human intervention deciding whether the transaction should be allowed. As a distributed peer-to-peer -peer network, Bitcoin is by its very nature designed to be censorship resistance. This is in stark contrast to fiat banking systems where the states regulate banks and other gatekeepers of money transmission to report and prevent outlawed uses of monetary goods. So capital controls. A wealthy millionaire may find it infeasible or risky to transfer wealth to a new country if they wish to flee an oppressive regime. So anyway, it's, it's all kind of interesting. Those are some of the properties of money. That's kind of my quick overview, and you can look into this more. I'll try to put more in the companionship article, and you can see the chart showing how Bitcoin, gold, and fiat currencies compare. Hopefully this wasn't too boring. I'll also link to the book. The book is pretty good so far. It's not too difficult to read. It explains things pretty simply and easily. And it's not very long either. It's been pretty interesting to go through. And a great resource or reference book. Alright, that's all I have for today. Remember that financial independence is stewable. And I'll be back with you soon.